Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 28. We're beginning 2023 with a series on emotional resilience. Hello, Father, and Happy New Year. Hello, daughter. Happy New Year to you. Oh, it's so good to be together. Christmas break was lovely. I always want to fit a month into <laughs> one week or two weeks or however long it is, and but got to rest, got to hang out some, got to enjoy fire and a white Christmas. We did. We had a white Christmas thanks to the blizzard. <laughs> so, yes, I know. Some but it's people, all gone already. That's amazing, though. Yeah. So, some people maybe weren't as happy about that white Christmas as we were, but uh, it was so fun to have. My poor roommates lost power in Kentucky after I left, but luckily they had a wood burning stove. So I, you know, mercies. Yes. (laughs) Well, we just got a wood burning stove. So we've been having fun playing with that and figuring out how to Mm -hmm. get it to actually warm the house and not just look pretty. So it's been a fun, fun little journey. Yeah. I'm very grateful for it. Well, this, this new series into a new year, we're talking about emotional resilience um, and I was thinking of this episode topic and, and the series topic with twofold inspiration. Uh, and first, we have a free conference coming up at the end of the month where you, Father, are being joined by the man, the myth, the legend, John Eldridge of Wild at Heart to talk about resilience. How epic is that? Yeah, it's pretty epic, isn't it? I know uh, John's material really inspired me when I was uh, first discovered it. In fact, I remember reading Wild at Heart, uh, going to the... Uh, I think in the preamble of the book, it said suggested going out in nature someplace to read it. So I, I went down to the local park and I got in, uh, started to read the book, and I realized uh, that I had this strange thought when I when I went to open the book, which was, "I dare you to touch me." And I'm like, "Where did that come from?" You know, it was like <laughs> like something inside of me was not happy that I was reading this book, right? And I uh, I swear, within three pages, I was crying. And began to realize that uh, it was touching on something I needed, you know, uh, at a heart level, and uh, realizing how important it it is to to take care of our hearts and to make sure that our hearts are connected with Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I know ever since then I've been sort of an Eldridge fan and wanted to, uh, you know, uh, I like connecting with him. So this will be like the third time I think he's spoken with us. But this was a little different. He's going to be the featured speaker for this conference, January twenty seven, twenty eight. Uh, and, uh, last year we had a free warfare conference this year, we're having a free resilience conference and he's got a new book out called resilient and, uh, his approach to resilience is a little bit different than the one I've been teaching because his is focused almost entirely on our connection with God, which is good. That's just one of the four things that we, we, we focus on. Um, but it's, it's really important because that's kind of, as Christians, it's the one thing we can do that other people can't do. Mm-hmm. So in this conference, I'm going to be teaching on the, uh, uh, some things we're going to t- cover in the podcast, but, uh, uh, like neuroscience and, and what is emotional capacity and what is available to people who aren't Christians. And then what is available, especially to us as Christians that we need to take a full advantage of. So I'm excited about it. That's going to be Friday night and then Saturday afternoon, Eastern time. Uh, January what, 27 or 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be a nice, well-rounded conference. I'm looking so forward to it. So, yeah, and then Building Bounce has just been on my mind. Um, so 
Some people like to choose a focus word for the year. I do it sometimes. It can be fun. Last year, my word was hope. And boy, did I need it. 2022 was rough on me in a lot of ways. Um, and I determined months ago that my word for 2023 was going to be margin. And Jesus has just been lovingly whispering to me for a long time about my need for this. And I have just stubbornly plowed ahead, constantly overcommitting and feeling like I have too much going on to cut things out. And anyway, part of 2022 was part of why it was so rough was I just really maxed out a lot of things. And so, so this isn't your full-time job? No, no, I'm a, <laughs> I'm full-time graduate student and also deeper walk and also other things because I'm a crazy person and it's okay. God's got me. So um, I, yeah, so I, I've actually, I've been dwelling on this, trying to process and validate myself and figure out a, a um, word pictures for how I've been feeling and working through there. And, you know, I've just been feeling like I've had two. Okay. Can I, can I admit my two word pictures? Sure. Give okay. Us, give us. I've had uh, my first word picture that I came up with was a weightlifting word picture, which we will see is actually very, uh, very apt for emotional capacity. And that is, I have just been feeling, especially through grad school that I have been weightlifting and just like pushing through and, um, you know, getting to each, you know, I don't actually lift weights all that often, but, when you, you know, completing each rep and, um, and it's been hard, but I've been doing it. And I just felt recently, like, you know, like over last summer break, especially I, I set down with the weights and I had that light, of our, you know, like that, the trembling. muscle trembling kind of feeling of, wow, that was a really hard rep and now I'm resting. And then the school year started up again and I had to pick up the weights and I wasn't ready. And my arms were just still trembling, you know, metaphorically. And, um, and so I had to do the next rep and I wasn't ready for it, but I had to do it anyway. And so I've just been feeling like that. And then, um, the other word picture came, I helped um, I helped with tea at a wedding um, right before Christmas break, and it was lovely. But we had like a loose leaf chai in a in large stew pots that we would ladle out for people, and you would have to let the the loose leaves sink to the bottom of the pot. And I, you know, there was all this wonderful chai, and everybody wanted to come get some. And by the end of it, we were, you know, we're getting to the bottom where you're getting to all the loose leaves. And I was like, my my roommate and I were were both helping with this, and we were were just straining trying to get the chai out. And there was still plenty of chai to be had, but we had gotten to the dregs, and it was really hard to to get the good stuff out because we were at the bottom of the bucket, you know. And I've just been like, yep, that's how I've been feeling in my life too. Like there's still more to be had, but I'm getting into the dregs and I'm just losing. I don't have the capacity for this. So my word for 2023 is margin. I'm taking strategic steps to to build more of that. And you can be on the trail with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, on the trail with you. Exactly. So. Well, and don't we all need margin? It's like very few people are good at it, right? Mm -hmm. And some of my heroes are the people who are the best at margin. Mm -hmm. they, they seem to be really good at saying no, right? Which is still something I'm trying to master. I am not good at saying no. <laughs> the uh, it reminds me of my favorite, you know, emotional capacity picture of the donkey that is carrying, uh, it, it's hauling a cart and the cart just has too much stuff on it to the point that the donkey has been lifted up into midair and it's just hanging there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, and so you show people this picture of this donkey hanging in midair because he's just carrying too much weight and saying, does this 
donkey need a pep talk? You know, no, not really. Does this, you know, donkey need their emotions validated? No, not really. They actually need to get rid of some things, some weight off of them that's more than they can handle. And there's, I think, a lot of us in a situation like that where we just have more weight that we are carrying than we know what to do with. And uh, sometimes we need we need help. We need more hands carrying the weight. Uh, we need to get rid of some of the weight that we can't get rid of. Um, and then, you know, because the answer isn't always just growing more capacity. Uh, sometimes it's getting help and sometimes it is, uh, you know, getting rid of some of the weight. Mm-hmm. Well, with that in mind, do you want to give us a quick like definition of what what is emotional capacity when we talk about this? What is what do we even mean when we say that? Well, let me give you a couple of different pictures. First of all, the simple definition, emotional capacity is the ability to handle emotional weight, right? Some things are just hard. They're heavy. Like uh, I think of Back to the Future. <laughs> is everything heavy in the future? Is something wrong with the atmospherical? <laughs> anyway, the uh, in our case, we're saying it, there are some things that are just hard because um, they're weighty on us and we can't handle anymore. And so what happens when we can't handle anymore is we either snap or we shut down or we, you know, we blow up, we melt down, we, uh, but we don't act like ourselves. We turn into a different person and we uh, get overwhelmed. So what we're talking about emotional capacity is this idea of how do I uh, grow my ability to handle weight? Right. So there's a lot that goes into 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 this. That's one definition, just the ability to handle emotional weight from a technical perspective. Right. Neuroscientist Daniel Siegel calls this flipping the lid. And he talks about your window of tolerance. So a window of tolerance is that window of what you can handle emotionally. Now, for some of us, that's a pretty small window. We can only handle, you know, maybe a a very tiny amount of emotional weight before it's overwhelming to us. And so our our goal is to grow that uh, window of tolerance to be even a little more technical, right? The uh, uh, What we're talking about is the ability to keep your higher level brain functions online when the lower level brain functions get triggered. So if I, for example, at the amygdala level of my brain get triggered and the fight or flight reaction gets triggered, the question is, can that get triggered and I still act like myself and remain relational? So let me just dive into the brain science just a tad here because I think it'll help. The uh, There are four levels of brain function that uh, Jim Wilder teaches that I've helped to explain in a couple of our books. And the, uh, the first level is attachment, second level is assessment, third level is attunement, fourth level is action. So the, uh, the higher levels of the brain are the action level and the attunement level. And so you think about it this way, that attunement level is the level at which I am able to remain relational because that's the part of me that reads you, right? So if I'm reading you properly, I can tell when you're overwhelmed and you need a break, or I can tell when you're interested in continuing a conversation, but I can also misread. So level three is related to remain relational. Level four is the act like yourself part of your brain, right? That's the part of my brain that remembers who I am, who my people are, how it's like me to act. So when I say my higher level brain functions stay online, I'm able to remain relational and act like myself is a good way to summarize that. These lower level functions, attachment happens when I shut down, my attachment light shuts off and I just don't bond to anybody or when it's on all the time, and I'm, and I'm just afraid I'm going to miss out on something, or when it's irregular and, and going 
haywire or when at the assessment level I get stuck because things are just too bad or they're too scary. And I, and, and so it causes the higher level brain functions to not be as, as completely in charge of who I am. So that's very technical, right? That's the technical part. That's the brain science part. That's kind of what we're doing. And I'm going to explain more of that at the conference. I'll dive into the neuroscience of this a little bit more. Huzzah. So in your book, Building Bounce, you and Stephanie Hinman talk about building emotional resilience in an analogy to building your body's immune system. Um, So instead of bubble wrapping our emotions or putting on a hazmat suit for our emotions, um, we need to learn how to experience the germs of life, the negative emotions, and then return to joy from them. Um, And so that's a little bit of what you were talking about with those five levels. Do you or four levels. Yeah, no, Stephanie uh, Hinman, for those who don't know her, uh, she's a certified Christian counselor from Kansas City area. And she teaches Building Bounds as a course for a deeper walk on a regular basis. So usually about twice a year, we offer a, a group course on Building Bounds that Stephanie teaches, and she's very good at it. And the uh, idea of of building your emotional immune system actually came from Stephanie. And she came, but not from her career as a professional counselor so much as her job as a mother. And she was really worried about her daughter. And she tells a story in the book about being concerned and praying, God, I don't want my daughter to feel pain. I don't want her to feel this. And God sort of correcting her a little bit and saying, actually, isn't it better to strengthen her emotional immune system so she doesn't have to be afraid of what she runs into? And that's the idea that when I don't have emotional capacity, the germs I'm afraid of are actually my emotions, right? So when I don't have emotional capacity, I'm afraid of emotions that are going to overwhelm me. In fact, I've heard Dr. Wilder say that the only thing anybody really fears is an emotion they can't handle. Hmm. Now, we tend to think it's pain, but in a sense, attachment pain is an emotion. But the... uh it's really, if you think about it, a lot of people go through pain and go get, don't get traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. It's what the pain means to them. It's the emotions that come with it that are traumatizing. And that's really kind of uh, been eye-opening for me to realize that most of us are spending our lives trying to avoid certain emotions. And what we're talking about here is what would it look like instead if we grew our capacity to deal with those emotions so that they didn't overwhelm us? Mm-hmm. That's good. I... Uh... I had two thoughts there, which are very tangential, but one was that I was, I've been reading a book with Ben, my brother, and there are some, you know, soldier characters there who are having to deal with lots of pain. And, and one of the things they say frequently is, ah, pain is just a memory. You know, we'll get, we'll get past it and it'll be in the past. And, you know, that's not always true for people where the pain comes back to revisit them. But, and the other thing was just talking about Stephanie Hinman and, um, when I was editing Building Bounce, I'm the publishing coordinator at Deeper Walk. And when I was editing Building Bounce, I literally started misspelling my own name because I was so <laughs> I was so in tune to making sure Stephanie's name was spelled correctly because her name is with an F and mine is with a PH. And I literally signed something once with an F and was like, no, wait. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, she would appreciate that. Uh, no, Stephanie's uh, great. She's got a... Um does a great job not only teaching this, but her specialty really was helping traumatized children who didn't know how to live with joy begin building this. And so she created a curriculum. Um, she's written another book called Building Bounce with Kids 
that is really focused in on that. And what we've, found, what she's found, especially when she's taught this, is that a lot of the adults actually prefer the building bounds with kids because you know they like doing the kids exercises and all that stuff. But she's very good with that. Yay! It's a, it's a it's a good book. Every time I revisit it, I'm like, oh wow, this is a great book. Good job. So um, on the topic of, of children, do you want to go into the the five stages of maturity and how they interact with capacity? Sure. So when we talk about emotional capacity, um, they directly interact with uh, the five stages that we learn for life model, which is infant, child, adult, parent, and elder. And the idea here is pretty straightforward. It's like an, an infant has almost zero emotional capacity, right? How much... <laughs> stress does it take for an infant to lose it? Well, the answer is not much, right? So the infant needs somebody else to take care of their emotions for them. We don't say to a six-month-old kid, you know, pull it together. Right? We don't say, come on now, you know, this is not that overwhelming. It's going to be okay. We have to actually hold them, hug them, connect with them and their emotions, non-verbally walk them through it. They, they are completely dependent upon us to, to recognize the emotional distress they're in, to meet them, them, and to comfort them. So the challenge here becomes like, if I don't get that, right? When I am a child, when I'm an infant, if I don't get that, if the people are not recognizing where I'm at in my emotional need and they don't help me grow, I can remain an emotional infant for as long as I live. And what that means is it just doesn't take much to overwhelm me, one. And two, I can't get myself back to joy from there. I am stuck. Somebody else is going to have to recognize where I'm at and come rescue me. Well, that gets really old, right? If somebody else has to, you know, you got to go rescue your 60-year-old husband or your 40-year-old wife constantly, it, it, it wears on you, it creates compassion fatigue after a while. So we have to take some steps to grow our, our emotional capacity. So that's the infant stage. At the child stage, again, I should be able to handle a little bit more weight before I lose it. But I'm also at the child stage learning how to name the emotion I'm feeling, how to you know, recover from it, how to bounce back from it. And so the goal is by the time I'm 13 years old, I've had a lot of practice bouncing back from upsetting emotions. And if everything goes perfectly, right, I'm not afraid of these emotions. And when I'm not afraid of these emotions, life becomes an adventure because I know I can go face anything and be okay. But again, if I get a trauma and that is the, the kind of trauma that comes from missing out on things, the absence of the good I need, I could get to age 13 and I've never actually gotten good at bouncing back from any of these emotions, or maybe I'm good at some of them, but not others. So if I'm good at a few, but not at others, then I'm going to, without even realizing it, create an approach to life that avoids the emotions I don't handle well. And my world gets smaller. And so that's what we're talking about. We just go on up, down, up the list here. You know, parents should be able to teach you know, they should be able to take care of babies and they should be able to teach their kids, you know, how to do this. And elders are stepping into the community level and saying, here's an adult who missed out on this. I can step in and I can be a surrogate parent to this uh, adult. There's a lot of other things that go into it. That's the the five stages of maturity in a nutshell. Thank you. So what about, <laughs> I mentioned earlier the pain, <laughs> you know, pain is just a memory except for when it's not. Like how does trauma affect capacity? So B trauma, I think we're talking about mm -hmm. here. And that is the bad stuff that happens to us that it still brings up uh, pain. So we said there's three things that, that go into building our, our emotional capacity. One is repairing the damage of the past. So there is a place for 
emotional healing. And that's why we teach understanding the wounded heart. It's why we teach spiritual warfare. It's why we teach, you know, the real prayer process and all. Uh, because there's a, some things that need to be repaired. And that, especially when it comes to bee trauma. Uh, when we talk about resilience, we tend to put the focus less on the repair and more on how do I actually, you know, so the idea of, a, of building bounces a ball, it's like, how do I actually inflate this ball so that it bounces? How do I actually grow my capacity so that I am bouncing back from these emotions? So that's a little bit different set of skills. And so that's what we're focusing on. Then patching on, the ball. Then patching the ball. Mm -hmm. So one is, yeah. So you can think of patching the ball is, is repair and filling it with air is resilience. And uh, those are really the two main things that we're trying to do. And then the third thing is rest, right? You mentioned this with your uh, workout analogy, and that is the muscles actually grow while you're resting in between the weightlifting. So people who just constantly push and push and push and do more and more and more weight. They actually just break down their emotional capacity. They don't grow it. They, they're breaking down their physical capacity if they do that in the weight room. Um, it's not actually growing it. So and you, we are, we're going to talk more about that in the next episode. We're going to yeah. talk about rhythms. So we talk about repair. We talk about you know, like resilience. We talk about rest. Like those are the three key things that are involved here. So what are like one or two small things that I or one of our listeners could do or not do um, to start building more capacity today? So let me uh, give you two things. Number one is five minute breaks. All right. It's a good idea just to take five minutes where you detach from everything else, like your problems will still be there when you get back. So take five minutes, close your eyes, breathe deeply, you know, breathe in a box where you inhale for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, you know, breathe in a box for a minute of that five minutes. Right. Then find something happy that makes you smile. And focus on that, whether it's in your future, whether it's in your past, whether it's in your present. And, uh, and just take five minutes twice a day doing that. And you can begin growing your capacity just from that. Would the Wild at Heart Pause app be good for? Yeah, it uh, does a lot of those things. So the Wild at Heart Pause app would be um, a good recommendation for a structured way to do that. The other thing I would uh, recommend has to do with rhythm. And that is, um, well, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, at some point. And that is Dr. Wilder's analogy of Joy Camp and Joy Mountain. And the idea here is making sure that we set a rhythm to our lives where we stop working at a certain point <laughs> in the day and we quiet ourselves and we get some space and try to end the day at a place of relational joy, if all possible. Now, I know some of us live by ourselves. That's not an option. Some of us have other issues there. But if it's at all possible, you want to end your day in a space of relational joy. Now, I know some people who can't do that, they just look at videos of kitty cats that make them smile <laughs> or something. And, that, and it helps them like, oh, I'm feeling happy about the you know this cute cat. Uh, but that's not bad, right? Because the goal here is to get some of that happy juice going in your brain before you go to sleep. So getting some rhythm uh, to your life, making sure that you say, set some boundaries around uh, uh, when you get up and when you go to bed. And then also this idea of uh, taking five minutes. Those would be the two main things I'd suggest. All right. Mission accepted. <laughs> so next week, we are going to be talking more about building capacity through rhythms of joy and rest. Um, but for now, any final thoughts for this episode? You know, it's. I think sometimes we look at uh, resilience as, you know, something, a bonus thing that would make life 
it'd be nice if you could afford it, but maybe you can't afford it. Let's, you know, I got too many things to do to work on this. What I found is that if I lose my resilience, then everything else collapses pretty quickly after that. And I can't afford to it. It's the classic sharpening your ax thing, right? Which is that if you're going to, uh, was it? It's attributed to Abraham Lincoln, but I think it was the idea. If I've got five hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four sharpening the axe or something. Yeah, I've heard it differently all the time, but you get the idea. They is that sharpening my axe resilience is really about keeping uh, my capacity to deal with life fresh. And this is not, you know, it's like the difference between playing basketball with a ball that actually bounces and playing basketball with a ball that only comes halfway up when you try to dribble it. If you're going through life and your emotional ball bounces halfway back up, right? That's no fun. It's exhausting. And it's like, what's the point? <laughs> so this really is crucial to who we are, how we live, and especially as we're kicking off the new year. You know, a lot of people are making uh, commitments about what am I going to do? How am I going to get more margin? How am I going to get more uh, resilience in my life? So that's why we want to launch the podcast this way and help people get off to a good start. Excellent. I'm I'm looking forward to this. As stated at the beginning, I need it. So thank you. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. Because of our trailblazers, we are able to provide free or discounted resources like this free podcast or our video streaming platform, The Learning Library Basic. Also, like the free January conference where John Eldridge from Wild at Heart will be joining Dad to speak about emotional resilience. So as we close out today, we invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org slash trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the Deeper Walk podcast and share with your friends. Thanks again, and we'll see you back next week. And Happy New Year.